0: Saturday mornings from 10 to noon on WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans, one zero six one NASH ICON. So you're sitting in traffic on I-10, tired of your long work day, and you're dreading cooking dinner for the family. All Plumbing Services 985-809-1270. All Plumbing Services, Isis Master Plumber number 5327 is a full-service plumbing contractor that can handle all of your residential, commercial plumbing needs, from repairs to installation of tankless water heaters, gas lines, new construction, or kitchen and bath updates. At All Plumbing Services, we do it all, serving the South Shore, North Shore since 2006. That's All Plumbing Services, Isis Master Plumber number 5327. Give us a call at 985-809-1270. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. Eric Ashby with my good friend Mike Delahoussi at the TikTok Cafe. Mike, I was craving the best breakfast in tech. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, but they were close, so I'm back here at the TikTok Cafe instead. You know, that's not nice. Come on,
1: man. You know we aim to please. You got to get a better aim, pal. Stop. You know we never close, huh? Well, neither does the more. so what's your point? Ah, you're unbelievable. You know, you got to admit, we've got the
0: best prices in town. Gluten-free? Uh, I think you're missing the point, bud. The TikTok Cafe and the heart of Metairie at Causeway and I-10 are better known as the intersection of diabetes and high cholesterol. If you ever have any problems with your air conditioner heating system, you want someone who will be there to help right away. Take it from me, Eric Asher. When it comes to repair, there's no one I trust more than my friends at Burkhard Air Conditioning and Heating. Burkhardt provides emergency repairs for any brand of cooling and heating system, and you can call them anytime. The team has years of experience, and they know how to get you up and running fast. So when you need help with your AC or heating system, you want someone who will be there right away. Visit Burkhardt at acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com, and tell them Eric sent you.
2: new Okay.
3: Here's our man, Eric Asher.
2: And the truth shall set you free.
0: Good afternoon. And welcome to another edition of Inside New Orleans. I am your host, Eric Asher, 106.1 FM on your radio dial. Keep it right there locked. And, of course, iHeartRadio app, TuneIn radio up our digital platforms. Free download, take the show for, with you anywhere. And then, of course, on the World Wide Web at NashFM1061.com and also EricAsher.com. Love if you join us on our social media platforms. Join the family. At Eric underscore Asher on X, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram and on Threads. And, of course, the podcast of this program can be found everywhere. Anchor, Spotify, our home base, we're on all podcasting platforms. Just search Inside New Orleans Show with Eric Asher and you'll find that. And thank you for listening on uh, our podcasting platforms. We appreciate that very much as well. Today's program is brought to you by our friends at the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Oceana Grill serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner daily starting at 8 a.m. in the morning with, again, breakfast, 8 a.m. until 1 p.m. Dinner Lunch is 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. Dinner's from 4 p.m. until 1 a.m. And don't forget, they're open seven days a week, open late. Uh, of course, right down the block is uh, Old New Orleans Cookery. Uh, again, uh, serving lunch and dinner daily, fantastic cocktails, two Bourbon Street balconies for you to enjoy, again, your next event. Right down the block from Old New Orleans Cookery is Mambo's, featuring, again, uh, Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Also, again, um, a uh, Bourbon Street balcony for you, three floors of bars, and, and, of course, a authentic French Quarter courtyard, as you see with all the Oceania restaurants in the French Quarter. And, of course, again, right next door is the Hideout Bar. Uh, serving fantastic cocktails. Got a great menu for you. But, again, live music from open to close. And, of course, in Metairie, it's Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. Lake Villa and Veterans in Metairie. Uh, they are open seven days a week. They are open late for lunch and dinner. Uh, go in, grab a cocktail, 30-plus TV screens to watch your favorite sporting events. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, all part of the Oceana Family of Restaurants, proud sponsor of our Thursday show. Uh, speaking of the Thursday show, a little bit different uh, lineup today. Same folks, then a different order, though. Ali Cassell will join us to start the uh, show today, uh, and we'll talk Pelicans with him. Ross Jackson joins us at 435 this afternoon talking Saints. Gary Smith moves into the 515 spot today talking Tulane and UNO. And then we finish up with Geordie Collada, the Jordy Collada Show, talking LSU. So a lot to get into on, on the program today. Speaking of LSU, uh, what an outstanding victory last night uh, for the Tigers. Uh, just an amazing victory. Uh, LSU beating um, Kentucky 75-74 on a last-minute shot, last-second shot, rather. Uh, 14 and 12, uh, the Tigers are on the season now. Six and 10 in the SEC. Now they're 10th, but Ole Miss and A&M are also sixth and seventh. Uh, they uh, in, in the conference now. Again, they they barely lost to Florida. They had a chance to tie that up at, at the at the end of the game. Jordan Wright had a, had a shot, missed it. They followed that up again with a win over over uh, South Carolina, the 11th ranked team in the nation, uh, in Columbia, and then last night again they beat uh the what has been the class of the sec probably my entire lifetime and through most of the sec which is the kentucky wildcats in basketball uh they're not the team they once were uh, but they're still 17th ranked and it's still a great victory for for the tigers as again uh the the uh, student body rushed the uh, uh rushed the uh the court uh it was a sight to see and look it's interesting to see what's going to happen with the tigers now they're four and seven in quad games but the remaining schedule uh, in the SEC, their opponents are 15 and 45. Mississippi State's up next, followed by Georgia, Vandy, Arkansas, Missouri—all winnable games for the Tigers. Be interesting to see again if they can if they can do a little sweep here and maybe get into contention for an NIT bid, or do I dare say, maybe 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 in the field of 68. Maybe? We'll see. Again, that's a long way off, but we shall see. All right, Uh, again, that's uh, just a huge victory for uh, McMahon and LSU. And look, uh, I said it last year. I I said at the beginning of this season, I had my doubts about McMahon. Uh, I knew he had a lot of time on his contract, which, again, the reason why they did that was because of the sanctions brought down by the NCAA, uh, the penalties that happened during the Will Wade era, Uh, again, all the – defections that we saw when will wade left when the sanctions were coming down where he had to basically you know start from scratch and in in, in less than two seasons it looks like he's right of the ship uh it's going to be an ongoing situation for him he's got he's in the shadow of kim, Mul- kim mulkey and again the, the world the, uh, the the ncaa champion uh, uh lsu lady tigers but uh, again to me and I've said this over and over again. It is so good to see college basketball mean something in in, in South Louisiana. Uh, again, I grew up in a time where again uh, we were putting four, five, sometimes six teams in the NCAA uh, basketball was relevant in uh, in 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 this state on the college game. When the college game. Hasn't been that way for a while, at least consistently with the teams. I mean, uh, the days of UNL going to the to the big dance, Tulane going to the big dance, you know LSU consistently every year going. Again, then you you know a Louisiana Tech, you know again you you have uh, you know one of the other smaller schools sneaking in a Southern or Grambling. Uh, you don't see that anymore consistently in Louisiana. It's just so good to be able to see a game like last night, which really kind of brought me back to again why I loved LSU basketball so much. Now look, the PMAC was not filled, okay. Almost fourteen thousand. You could look on the on the TV copy last night. That again, the, the upper bowl was not filled, but again, it was a loud crowd, uh, and the Tigers coming down once coming back once again from fifteen down to beat the Kentucky Wildcats uh, after again coming back. Uh, I think it was a sixteen point deficit against South Carolina on Saturday. So, uh, some really good news for the LSU basketball team. Uh, as far as the Pelicans go, again, it's back to the grindstones for the Pels, again, as they are um, in the Smoothie King Center tonight taking on Houston. Uh, it's a 27-game sprint to the finish for the Pels, and I've talked about it this week. To me, the goals are winning 50 games this season, uh, getting into the top six. You'd like to get in the top four, but top six, so you're not in the playing in game. Um, you know, and, and so those are those are two of the of the big goals going forward uh, for for this team. So we'll see again how that plays out. To break it down for us is Ali Cassell, who I believe, again, is hands down the most knowledgeable person out there when it comes to Pelicans basketball. And, of course, uh, Ali joins us each and every week on this program, normally at 5.15, at 4.15 today because there is a press conference with Willie Green. Uh, With that said, Ali, welcome to the program. How are you?
4: Yeah, thanks, Eric. We've got one of those rare Thursday games at home. So, yeah. Regular time slot. Thanks for moving me up an hour.
0: No, no problem. Hey, let, let me do something. Let me do, let me do some clean something up real quick if you could. This half hour is brought to you by our friends at Old New Orleans Cookery, uh, two hundred five Bourbon Street, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week, folks. I'm telling you, two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to have your next event in. Uh, there again, a private restroom. Uh, you'll have your own bartender, uh, and of course they'll lay it out for you. Any type of uh, of uh, of uh, Cuisine you're looking for, they can they can they can get it take, get and take care for of, of it for you. Also, again, it's a wonderful dining experience where you can enjoy an extraordinary cocktail, fantastic Cajun Creole cuisine. dine in their authentic French Quarter courtyard, beautiful by day, spectacular by night. The picture windows at Old Bourbon Street are outstanding to be able to have a great meal, have some cocktails, and watch the craziness without having to get into it. And then of course take a picture on their world famous stairwell. But again, go for the food and cocktails. That's Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street want to find out more go to nolacookery.com that's nolacookery.com this half hour brought to you by our friends at old new orleans cookery it's always a great time on bourbon street at old new orleans cookery thanks for that i had to clean that up uh but with that said um ollie i'm excited about about the um uh the the, the, the last stretch of this season here mm-hmm. uh the the Pells are healthy um and um Zion, I think, is playing the best he's played in a long, long time. I mean, I don't think we've seen him as explosive as he is right now, uh, with, with the Pelicans, uh, and um, and I, I gotta believe that the city's gonna get really excited. To, you know, the, the closer we get uh, to the playoffs, but uh, again, 33 and 22, 11 games over 500. Uh, talk about this team. Talk about what what your what, what your expectations are for the last 27.
4: Yeah, so they're poised and in good position, um, I think, to take advantage of these final 27 games to where, yes, you're 11 games over five hundred, and that in itself is an accomplishment, as anybody that knows this history of this franchise. But I also think that they're poised, like I said, to to maybe even take advantage because coming up, I think, and especially you want to take advantage of the schedule now than, say, the last two weeks of the season where you're going to have some pivotal matchups right against Phoenix, Golden State, the Lakers coming up now is basically the glut of their Eastern Conference uh, part of the schedule. So where after tonight, Houston, who, who's been dwindling down the standings the last two months, he got the next nine matchups against the East. And a lot of these teams are banged up. Miami Heat, you know, Jimmy Butler's been in and out. Chicago's going to be without Zach Levine. New York, I don't think Julius Randle's going to be back. And they may be missing OG and Anubi as well, maybe a couple other players. Indiana Pacers, they're dealing without, or Tyrese Halliburton's dealing with some kind of Bad hamstring, so I don't think he's going to be 100%. So, this is where the Pelicans could honestly cement, right, a top six seed. And I think that is everything, right, for this team. You want to avoid the playing tournament, it signals that you're moving ahead. And on top of that, Willie Green even mentioned it yesterday that it's going to allow this team to actually have a break, right, for a week. Because as we know, Eric, these breaks are important for these players, right, in, in terms of I know that this all star break came in the good time. I talked a lot of people behind the scenes, and they say, yeah, this, this came at a good time for this Pelicans team, even though they had right 1-7 of the last eight. But we, as we saw in the last three games before the All-Star break, they were on fumes. They barely beat three teams that are towards the bottom of their, their in the standings. So I like that the break is going to basically clear the their heads and, and their legs, and like I said, it's an opportune part of the schedule coming up. And as you mentioned, I think Zion is honestly playing the best basketball at least this season you know it's almost comparable to last december so if you look at the numbers they're up there you know his his minutes are creeping up but if you just look at per 36 minute basis and that's good to look at because he's a guy that typically doesn't play over 30 minutes this season especially the last two months but this in february he is so he's basically averaging something that's very comparable to what we saw last december where people were talking about him being an mvp performer and you can even see in things like the free throw percentage, right? He, he's on pace to have the best free throw percentage of any month since he entered the NBA. So everything's pointing up for him, that touch, that feel. So really, you just want to make sure these guys stay healthy because I think CJ McCollum, Herb Jones, they've been quasi all stars. We've seen Brandon Ingram have some really stellar games. So if Dion could just basically ascend, right, to a consistent all star like type of performances, I'm telling you, this team, Eric, can definitely probably get in the top six and maybe make some noise to get in the top four.
0: That, that would be incredible. Uh, I, I just, I, you know, to, to me, he's always been an explosive player. Uh, but it's the, it's the off-the-ball defense. Uh, it's, it's, again, seeing him running up and down the court now, not kind of loafing it, um, mm-hmm. the helping on defense. I mean, those are the things to me that, that, that I think is different about his game. Some of the things we saw at Duke that maybe we haven't seen in New Orleans yet.
4: Exactly. And I think what's going to help the situation is the fact that they want Zion to basically have the ball in his hands for the first five or six minutes of the game before he takes his first rest. And when he's typically had the ball in his hands, especially over, I want to say, about the last three or four weeks now, he's been explosive in pushing it up the court, getting the team in transition, or getting good, open, clean looks for his teammates. And I think that ignites him all over the court. That turns him into kind of that Duke Zion to where you see him all of a sudden going for rebounds with more gusto, making some defensive plays, moving and just moving his feet more quickly defensively. I know that he got really? lit up against the Washington Wizards. Denny uh, Abdia, really you know, got started, and it was largely against Zion. But for the most part, like I said, I see the effort. And that's something that wasn't there for the first few months of the year. So I just think that everything, like I said, is trending that way. And with him having the ball in his hands, that gets him engaged faster. I mean – I think we lamented the fact that he didn't look like Zion for the first two months. And he, and he even said himself, I feel like I'm out of the loop. I'm just going to kind of take a back seat. He said he physically wasn't anywhere close to that being that Zion. And now he's telling us he's at about 93% and we're seeing it. So, like I said, it's a perfect time for him to be ramping up and hitting, you know, getting closer and closer to a hundred percent because this team, I, I'm telling you, I know that Draymond Green said what he did during the all-star break, yep. saying nobody's afraid yep. of the Pelicans. I guarantee you, most of these contenders don't want to face this team. They're deep. They've got some real all-star caliber players. And when you've got a guy like Zion who honestly just moves defenses with the way he can just attack the lane, yeah, Eric, like I said, if these guys can stay healthy, I'm liking what I'm saying.
0: Dyson Daniels, talk about his surgery. Talk about the expected time out. And now who fills those roles?
4: Yeah, that's a tough blow because, as we've seen, he's really cemented himself as one of the best defenders in the NBA. Great glimpse last year, and I think he only further and solidified his positioning this year to where when Herb Jones either got in foul trouble, had to miss a game, or whatever the reason was, Willie Green could rely on putting Dyson, and you really didn't miss, skip a beat, right? So that's going to be missed. Suddenly now you're going to be looking more to Najee Marshall, others picking up the slack, relying on Jose Alvarado. But, yeah, losing Dyson, and that's the thing. We're not sure of when he's going to be back Pelican said that after surgery, which was uh, uh, successful, that it would take about four weeks since the surgery to come up with a proper timeline. But what I'm hearing is that he had something similarly done to what Trey Murphy had in September. And, you know, Trey went on to miss 10 to 12 weeks, right? So it wasn't a repaired Dyson. Had. He had a little bit of his meniscus uh, that was fraying, kind of just sanded down, right, so it wouldn't bother his knee, wouldn't cause any kind of discomfort. So, you know, we're looking, Eric, anywhere. I'm I'm thinking minimum probably he's going to miss eight weeks. Hopefully it'll be closer to that time frame. But if not, something closer to what, like I said, Trey, who missed 10 to 12. So, therefore, right, right that puts the rest of the season clearly in jeopardy.
0: With that said, if you wanted to bring him back, I mean, how do you do that when now you need a ramp-up period, right? We saw that with, with Trey Murphy. You'll need a ramp-up uh-huh. period here. And then, and then, of course, you know, for the most part, coaches kind of shrink their bench when you're going into the playoffs.
4: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that's kind of a tough question, only becomes a tough question if they, uh, in about, what is that, I guess in about another two and a half weeks' time when they're checking that evaluation, making a, a re- coming up with a time frame for Dyson's recovery and return to play, if it's anywhere close to getting him back on the court, say for that last week of the season, or maybe even that first round. Because remember, there's going to be a playing tournament. So that whole week, that's another week you've got to add, tack on to the end of the regular season. So I could see if, if his time frame was somewhere closer to, say, eight weeks, and then he could start maybe start ramping up, say, around the six-week mark, then I think, honestly, Willie Green has a tough decision. Because you're right, you do want to minimize, and Willie's already mentioned, he's going to shorten the rotation. And it sounds like it's going to be at about nine players. I would not be surprised if it goes down to eight once we hit the playoffs. But Dyson, I think, could still squeeze somebody out if he could show that he's feeling great, right? I, I think we saw him playing ahead of Najee Marshall before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And you saw why, right? You can rely on his defense. As to where sure, Najee no. kind of his production comes and goes. Even Jose. I, could, I felt Dyson was ahead of both of those guys. So he would, once again, I think, jump ahead of them if things worked out. But I think that's just so much in the air. We can't assume that it will happen.
0: I've been asking, Molly Casel is with us, by the way. I've been asking about the buyout market, where the Pells are. Again, they signed um, Robertson Earl to a to a, a contract. They just uh, again uh, gave Malcolm Hill a two-way deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see them active in the buyout market and what's left? And then, if you would, kind of morph into talking a little bit about um, Malcolm Hill and, and the season he's had with uh, the the squadron.
4: Yeah, Eric, I think they've moved on from the buyout market. I think from what I heard, they were only really looking at several players, and it was Spencer Dinwiddie and Kyle Lowry, who obviously went elsewhere, right? Dinwiddie to the Lakers, and then I believe Kyle Lowry to the Sixers. So mm-hmm. once those two guys came off the board, there was really nobody else sitting there for them. Uh, so no, that, none of that veteran point guard, like we've been saying, a veteran point guard or right. some kind of big man that could really help out, offer something different than Valanciunas is exactly what this team needed. Since it's not available, I think that signing of uh, Jeremiah Earl Robinson really said everything you need to know about, right, the buyout market. They're they're moving on, and so uh, Jeremiah got the 14th roster spot. They still got one available. And I'm curious who will get it, but you know, Carlo Matkovich just joined the Birmingham squadron, so I've okay. got to believe that he might be the one that's going to get that full-term uh, NBA contract, probably closer to the season end because uh it looks like they want to give some players um some extra money right i think that's what they're doing here with jaylen crutcher who I, I heard just got signed to a 10-day contract by the Pelicans. so it's given them 15 but i think on top of that g league contract money he's getting mm-hmm. this also serves as a nice bonus probably you know there's always these deals made between the agent and the club that they'll try and take care of them i think right. this is what they're doing but they're going to end up signing that 15th player towards the end of the season and I've got, i think it's because. Malcolm Hill took that third two-way contract, right? right. So they're on Sebron, Matt Ryan, and that now Malcolm Hill uh, are on the three-way. So those are all full taken up. We're not going to see uh, any more players sign. Unless, of course, they waive somebody, but I, I don't get the sense they're going to do that at this point of the game. So as far as Malcolm Hill, he, he's just a body, honestly. He's probably not going to get any games outside of garbage time. Um, um, he's a little bit older, right? He's 28 years old. So this just seems like the Pelicans is kind of giving him a, a, uh, a kind of a thank you, right, for coming to our G right. team, playing on it, being one of the leaders, one of the veterans on it. But as far as any kind of, you know, Pelicans minutes, I don't expect to see it.
0: Ned is in Metairie. Ned, welcome. You're with you on with Ali Cassell.
5: Yeah, Ali, hi. How y'all doing? Hi, hey, uh, Ned. Ali, I'd, I'd like you to comment on my comments, on well, my comment. Let's put it this way. You know, there's only two guys on the team that can do uh, what, what Jones and Dyson do. So, And Dyson was part, was up to 21 minutes a game the last four weeks or so. So uh, there's only two guys that can move their feet and guard multiple positions like those two guys. Najee can play defense, but Najee can't keep up with the quickness of the guards. Right. So I happen to think that the reason Robinson Oral was, <laughs> Eric, that's not New Orleans, huh? Robinson Oral? Robinson yeah, Earl.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
5: uh, Robertson Earl was so crucial because you can't offset missing Dyson. You can only make up for some of that with better offense, more offense. But Earl can at least guard, gives you a legitimate backup in the post position, but he also yeah. gives you the ability to guard a big forward. And so I think they're making up for some of the Dyson loss by uh, by what I think they're going to do with Robertson Earl. Uh,
4: uh, I'd like you to comment on it. That. Yeah, that's a good theory, but mainly what Willie Green's done with Jeremiah is the fact that he's had him largely playing as a big man, right? He was backing up Larry Nance. So when Larry went through his issues right earlier this season, where he missed some games, Jeremiah was usually the one picking up that slack. Cause as we've seen EJ Liddell's not ready, right? To step into that small ball five, maybe some four minutes. But as far as the Dyson Daniels um, kind of, you know, following his injury, it's hard for me to see that at any way that Jeremiah would basically benefit from mm-hmm. this, right? Because Larry Nance is still here, healthy, ahead of Jerry. And Dyson more so is always tasked with right, guarding those quicker guys, the guards. So I, I have to think that they're going to go either with, like I said, we saw it in the last game, um, last couple of games, Najee Marshall has been that second kind of defender behind Herb, especially the first one off the bench. And if he's been small enough, the opponent that is, um, Jose Alvarado has been given that assignment. So, yeah, I actually like Jerry. I think he actually serves a purpose. And if Willie Green ever decided to go more offense, go quicker pace, I've seen him shoot the ball well enough. And on the on the, air, the stats look okay. But behind the scenes, he really has a nice shot. And I think they like that about him. So, in one sense, Jerry definitely serves a purpose. But more so, like I said, in a backup situation. So, I don't see how he's going to largely benefit from Dyson being hurt. I think other guys are going to get that time first.
0: Ned, you have a follow up?
5: No, no. Thanks for the comment. I appreciate it.
0: You got it, bud. Yeah. Thank you, Ned. Appreciate the phone call, buddy. All right. Ali, as we get ready to wrap it up, talk about tonight's game against Houston. Yeah, Houston's in a nice
4: tailspin, right? It's not going to be the same team that beat the Pelicans a couple of times earlier this season. As we saw, right, New Orleans actually got one of those wins, or one, made up for one of those losses with a win earlier against Houston. But they're coming in, I think, five and twelve over their last seventeen, and they've largely been not winning those close games anymore. So, you know what they're going to do, right? They're going to play tough. They're going to try and not allow the Pelicans, um, especially their big three, right? C.J., Brandon Ingram having space. That's what they dared them to do in their two, in those two losses the Pelicans had, to where they forced the, basically the ball to go to Zion and J.V. They tried to allow those bigs to try and beat them, so they had big nights. But nobody else could get really good looks from the perimeter. So I'm curious, right, what they'll do this time. Because the Pelicans solved that riddle the last time they faced them. But either way, Pelicans definitely are superior in talent, healthier bodies, and honestly just the way they're playing basketball right now. So I expect them to win this one, hopefully kind of handily, right? More than 10 points.
0: Ali, thanks for the time. Let the folks know how they can follow you on social media. Yeah, thanks, Eric.
4: Yeah, we've got a lot of games coming up, five games in the next seven days, so there's going to be a lot to uh, tweet about, talk about. So follow me along over on X, my full name, Ali Cosell.
0: Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. We'll check in with you next week. Always appreciate your time, bud.
4: Absolutely. Thanks, Eric. Take care.
0: There he goes, Alec Cassell, Bur- uh, Cassell with us again on the program. All right, don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank, we're in that crazy time, right? Again, you got you need your heater, you need your air conditioning. the you heater, air conditioning. Um, Burkhardt will be at my home tomorrow tuning up my system. If you need a tune-up for your air conditioning system, remember, Burkhardt is there for you. Right? Get it done now, so, again, when you get in the dog days of summer, you're not going to have breakdowns with your system. Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating uh, can handle all your needs when it comes to air conditioning, heating, electrical, needs, as well as, again, that standby generator for your home, a Generac generator. So if you're looking for a company you can trust, whether it's repair, replacement, think Burkhart. That's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. Today's program is brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, and the Hideout Bar. All are open seven days a week. All are open late. Yes, you can get a late meal in, uh, late night meal in New Orleans at one of the Oceana Family of Restaurants. To find out more, go to one of their websites to get the, get, get the outside operation as well as, again, the great menus. You can do that by going to airgasher.com. Click on the icon of your favorite Oceana restaurant. takes you right to their website. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. Ross Jackson next. Don't move.
3: Hey, this is Tim Duncan, Vice President of Athletics at Your New Orleans Privateers. Join me every Tuesday at 3 p.m. for the NOLA's Team radio show. We'll discuss the latest in privateer sports with our coaches, student-athletes, and some of our most famous alums. Join us on one zero six one Nash Icon, your privateer sports network. And remember, NOLA's team, we are your crew. Let's go, privateers. This report is sponsored by Tire Rack. Nearly 3,000 teen drivers die in car crashes each year. Tire Rack Street Survival is designed to save lives. The one-day hands-on driving school gives teens experience in car control through exercises that include emergency braking and skid recovery. Find a class near you at TireRack.com slash survive. Still seeing some Pretty slow traffic, eastbound I-10, Kennedy downtown, 49 minutes, a 36-minute delay. Northbound 310 from U.S. 90 to I-10 is 34 minutes. Westbound 610 New Orleans, East to Metairie, about a 19-minute ride, slow between Paris Avenue and I-10. Westbound I-10 between St. Bernard and the Claiborne flyover. Traffic is crawling. Westbound I-10 Reed to the flyover is about 32 minutes. Looks like Thalia Street and South Broad Street, a crash working New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. Traffic is brought to you by D. DA Exterminating, proud to be locally owned and serving over 60 years. Don't let this happen to your largest investment. Call DA
6: Exterminating now. We're ready and waiting to protect your home from potential disaster called termites. Call DA now or visit us on the web at daexterminating.com.
7: On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary.
0: Bienvenue on Hickory. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Thanks so much for being there. Again, today's program is brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants. This half hour brought to you by our friends at Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, part of the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Man, I tell you what, it's that time of year we got overlapping sports. And you're saying, how oh, am I going to watch all these, all these sporting events? Well, you go to Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. You either belly up to the bar, get yourself a table. You, your friends, uh, order a whole bunch of food and cocktails and, 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 and beer and sit down and watch your favorite uh, your sporting event because they got 30-plus TV screens. Even in the restroom, there's a TV screen, so you'll never miss a play. Rated number one in restaurant in memory by TripAdvisor. Again, a place where you get a fantastic meal. But also, again, uh, amazing cocktails, incredible beer selection, and a menu that has something for everyone. Yes, Cajun Korea cuisine in its finest, but again, so much more. Great Louisiana uh, uh, seafood, pasta, barbecue ribs that'll melt in your mouth. Take the burger challenge, if, if you dare, and of course, so much more. Uh, you want to find out more, go to bobbybears.com. Again, remember, Bobby Bear's Cajun Can Restaurant is unique. Why? Because the perfect combination of Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine, that means what? That means, again, the... A beer that adorns the walls at Bobby Bear's Cajun Counter Restaurant. Some of the one-of-a-kind items. And if you're a memorabilia buff like myself, uh, it's like you're in a sports museum. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Open seven days a week, lunch and dinner, 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. It's Bobby Bear's Cajun Counter Restaurant. It's so good. All right. Welcome back. I want to thank Alex Self for joining us on the program. Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints podcast uh, is, is our guest each and every uh, uh, week at this time. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, right now it's about to get fast and furious with the New Orleans Saints again, uh, getting under the salary cap, getting ready for free agency. Again, uh, they they got a whole new uh, coaching staff on the offense side of the ball, and of course, again, Ross breaks it down for you every day with his podcast, which is absolutely fantastic. And of course, we're so happy to have him with us each and every each and every Thursday. Ross, welcome back. To to the show thanks so much for your time as always my friend
8: hey buddy appreciate you having me on always a pleasure to be here with you hope you're doing well
0: doing well ross before we get started tell the folks about the podcast and where they can find your written work
8: yeah absolutely So you can find a locked on things podcast wherever you get podcasts and uh on youtube as well just search locked on saints you can find the written work over at saints news network with the great team over there as well as of course uh, all of it in one place on your favorite social media at ross jackson nola and ola
0: Ross, let's talk first of all about Eric McCoy today. Again, uh, restructuring his deal to help the Saints get under the cap. What happened, and how much money did it did it free up for the Saints?
8: Yeah, saves so about seven point two. We'll call it seven point one eight. Well, we'll just call it seven point two uh, million dollars against the salary cap. So the Saints go from uh, being about somewhere between seventy five to eighty five million dollars over the salary cap to being somewhere around just north of Seventy, maybe around sixty million dollars, depending upon what the salary cap is. We're expecting that it's going to be somewhere in between two hundred and forty-two to uh, two hundred and fifty million dollars this year. So the higher that that number is, the more money they're, you know, they're they're kind of under the salary cap, or, or, or the closer they are to getting under the salary cap. So um, helps them kind of inch a little bit closer to that. All that this really does, and and look, Eric McCoy is a good player to do this with. 26 years old, has only been in the NFL since 2019. This is the kind of player you're okay with doubling down and giving some extra guaranteed money to. And that's basically what the Saints did. They took a large portion,
3: sorry for the win, uh,
8: they took a large portion of, the, of his base salary, converted it to a signing bonus, and then took his entire roster bonus of about half a million dollars, turned that into a signing bonus as well, which just kind of spreads out the accounting of that amount of money over the life of his contract which helps them save a little money here on the front end in
0: 2024. Um, let's talk a little bit about the, the coaching staff additions. Uh, that is complete now with, uh, with Clint Kubiak being the offensive coordinator. Um, the, Dennis Allen was on the uh, Steve Weiss, James Palmer, NFL Network podcast this week, and, and he talked about his his coaching staff, that he likes the mix of, uh, again, of uh, veteran coaches and young progressive coaches. What are your thoughts on, on, on the way this offensive staff has been built?
8: Yeah, I like the way that they went about this. They, they wanted to bring in a new system, but they wanted to make the learning curve
0: uh, about as shallow as
8: possible. you know. And so uh, the only thing that's harder than teaching all of your players a new offensive system is having a bunch of position coaches that don't know the system trying to teach them that system. <laughs> uh, a lot of opportunity for breakdowns and communication there, things like that. And as you and I discussed last week, with them spending training camp out on the West Coast, this is going to give them a lot of opportunity to be around each other all the time. So finding as many different ways to kind of shortcut the leaps that it takes or the growing pains that they might take on in, in establishing a new system is important and, and is valuable. And I think that that's what they did here with this staff. They found a bunch of guys that are familiar with the system that they want, that have some familiarity with each other. In some cases, like with Clancy Barone, for instance, they even have additional um, They even have additional uh, connections with Clancy Barone already from his Mm -hmm. time in Minnesota and Denver and things like that. And so I like the fact that they did a really good, really good job of finding a new system, identifying that system, and finding people that are already familiar with it so that you get the new system in place, but that you also manage to create some continuity and some cohesion amongst the coaching staff that's bringing it over.
0: Alan said on the podcast that he loves the system. He thinks the scheme is again quarterback friendly uh, yeah. and gives the play- place uh, players a chance to have success. I'm just asking: is it is he talking a pure Shanahan system, or is it a, is it is a combination or a morphing of, of of the old Gary Kubiak and Shanahan system? Yeah, can, can so you clear that up my, for us?
8: Yeah, this is one of my favorite topics. So here's the thing: the the Kyle Shanahan system, as we know it today. Before it was ever Kyle Shanahan's system, the it Shanahan system belonged to Mike Shanahan, his dad, okay. yeah. and Gary Kubiak, Clint Kubiak's dad. <laughs> yep. So, yep. so the thing that's really cool about it is that, like, just like you're asking, is it going to be a blend of both of those systems? I-, I think so. And I'll tell you this, too, especially with the, the Taysom Hill part of the playbook, I imagine mm-hmm. that there's going to be things that are a part of what the Saints, what the Saints did last year or the sure. year before uh, that will also still be present in this offense. I don't think they're going to go fully away. I think it will be a blend of all three of those things. But the thing that's really fun about this is that, yeah, Clint Kubiak only had one year working with Kyle Shanahan, but his involvement in the Shanahan system predates Kyle Shanahan's involvement in the <laughs> Shanahan system yeah. in a way that's really kind of unique because it was their dads that set all of this up. So sure. I think he's a really good candidate to get this done, and I think that them bringing that support staff around him of guys that he's familiar with, as well as some guys with new ideas and fresh perspectives, Um, they're a really good team to try to bring whatever their version of that system is going to be here to New
0: Orleans. All right. You and I have discussed this. For those that didn't hear a little bit of our conversation, now that we know who the offensive coaches are going to be, now that we know the offensive coordinator for sure, who it's going to be, um, Personnel changes, because even even uh, Allen talked about that on the podcast. He admitted he's got to make some personnel change on offense to fit the system. He said those evaluations have begun. How much of a changeover do you anticipate with with again the cap restraints? And what do you think they're looking for in terms of offensive players, skill position, and offensive linemen?
8: Yeah, I think let's, let's start with offensive line because I think that's where you're going to potentially see turnover. Um, you know, right now what we know basically in terms of returning players. Is that we should expect to see Eric McCoy back? We should expect to see uh, Caesar Ruiz back, and both of those guys are going to be, and Eric McCoy already has been, a part of their ability to, you know, gather up the money to add additional pieces. The things that you're looking at now is, you know, the health of Ryan Ramcheck, the development of Trevor Pinning, what's going to happen with Andrews Pete, and how they handle James Hurst. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Saints go and invest in younger offensive linemen and more athletic offensive linemen, not necessarily more athletic than they have, but that would be the focus in terms of, you know, what are the three things you're looking for when it comes to offensive linemen? You're probably looking for youth. You're probably looking for athleticism. You're probably looking for experience despite that youth as well. And so with all of those things, uh, you know, if you think about back when the Saints had Teron Armstead, um, if you took all their 40 times across the entire offensive line, added them up, and averaged them out. They were one of the fastest offensive lines in the NFL. I wouldn't be surprised to see them try to get back to that. So I think that that's what you're looking for on the offensive line. The other thing that you're looking for in terms of the skill position players is where can you find your playmakers? Um, Dennis Allen mentioned that there would very likely be some adjustments to like draft fits, and so I'm thinking prototypes, things like that. Um, right. If you look at the two wide receiver coaches that the Saints brought in, Keith Williams as well as Denarius McGee, who's coming over from Houston, these guys just had a lot of success with guys that would otherwise be called undersized wide receivers. Zay Flowers for Williams, for Coach Williams, and then Coach McGee was working over in Houston with Tank Dell. Great production out of both of those players last year. I'm curious to see if the New Orleans Saints, who typically would only draft players that were either over six foot, over 200 at the position, and then the only exceptions being Brandon Cooks and Chris Olave, who both have world-class speed, I'm curious to see if maybe the size prototype changes now knowing that they have some successful or some coaches in the building that have had a lot of success with some of those smaller wide receivers.
0: Ross Jackson with us, Locked on Saints podcast. Ross, with, again, not uh, a lot of money to work with in, in terms of uh, free agency. And then, of course, really, again, a, a devoid of, of again, that, the, really the meat of the draft, which is, again, the, the second, or the third, fourth round uh, picks. Uh, how do you think the Saints are going to approach this draft uh, obviously, I, I believe they need offensive and defensive linemen. I heard Sean Vazan say last night on on, 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 on their overtime program that I, I had mm-hmm. recorded. He was talking about uh, Brock Bowers, the the, the the tight end out of um, out of Georgia, how much of a fit he'd be for the Saints. What are your thoughts? What are they
8: yeah, looking for? I, I'm, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here is how I think they'll build it out, right? I think you are going to see, you know, they'll go out there and they'll find one splash over on the offensive side. Uh, trying to you know, grab themselves a playmaker, grab themselves a veteran offensive lineman that they've seen do it in the system before, things like that. I think I don't, I don't put it past them to get one big-name free agent. That's just on a back-loaded contract, the usual thing that they tend to do. Mm-hmm. And then I imagine there'll be a lot of like mid-level, affordable players after that, right? Cap-conscious cat, kind of additions, if you will, um, to help to kind of settle up some of their needs and then go into the draft ready to kind of stick and pick at 14, I I wouldn't be surprised about. If there's any draft for them to trade back in, this might be the one if they can pick up that extra third or extra fourth-round pick. I just don't know that we're ever going to see it. I think they've had good opportunities to do it before and have chosen not to. This just doesn't seem like a team that trades back, right? Right. So – I think you're trying to find a way to add that and then maybe you know leverage some of the assets from next year, potentially yeah. even players, depending upon what's going to happen with guys like you know um, Marshawn Lattimore and whatever those conversations are that end up happening at that time. So there's opportunities to also trade up to get into the third and fourth round. I'm not a big fan of drafting a tight end in the top 15. I'm not a big fan of drafting a tight end in the first round. Um, right. They're just such a low-impact position and it takes so long to translate to the NFL when you're playing in that position because, yeah, Brock Bowers might be a guy that's ready to hit the field as a pass catcher, but if he's going to hit the field, he's got to be able to block, and if he's going to be put on the sideline, and we saw this with Adam Troutman recently, very good pass catcher at Dayton, not a very good blocker, and he couldn't find the field. I don't think you burn a first-round pick with that potential being there, and especially because we haven't seen many first-round tight ends pan out, especially here recently. So I would probably pass on that. You can get a guy in the fifth round like Theo Johnson, trade up to the fourth round, Theo Johnson out of Penn State, fantastic right. fit, does effectively the same thing, uh, but is a little bit of a better blocker and therefore translates to the NFL game. I think that if you're, you're selecting somebody in the first round, offensive line, defensive line, or if the, the best options there off the board, looking at an opportunity to add a big-time pass catcher with a wide receiver position, a big-time yeah. playmaker in that case, that
0: that's the way that I would go. Um, look, I'm with you. Uh, to me, it's offense, defensive line that has to be the focus uh, going forward on the, on this draft. Uh, the, the wide receiver position is so deep. You may have again a quality uh, a top wide receiver fall to you if uh, you stay at 14. And I agree with you. I think they're going to tap into next year's draft picks to try to get back into this into this draft and, and to be able to pick a, pick up some maybe middle round picks.
8: Yeah, there, there's absolutely no reason not to. Right, like. Like, if you're Dennis Allen, if you're, if you're Mickey Loomis, and you're looking at,
0: you know, three years of playoff
8: absences, why play it safe this year? Why worry about, well, we got to save draft picks for next year in the fifth and sixth rounds or in the second and third rounds, so, you know, we can't make those types of moves. That's just, that just doesn't make sense in terms of what the M.O. and, and, the MO and, uh, and, and uh, you know, what it is that they've done in the past and everything, yes. and so I, I don't see it. I, I don't see them being stingy with those next-year draft picks at all. I agree with you
0: 100%. Yeah, I'm with you. I do want to ask you one more question before I let you go. Uh, again, you, you touched on it briefly a few minutes ago about the salary cap, somewhere between 243 and 250 Some believe it's going to be on the $250 million mark for this year. Um, what do you think it's going to be? Where do you think it's going to end up? Somewhere in between, or maybe 250 Where? Where do you think it will end up? I wouldn't surprise, I wouldn't be
8: surprised, excuse me, if it was around two fifty. Even if it's like two forty eight, two forty nine. All of that new T V money, all of that gambling money, you're getting out of having to make those back payments or, or the paybacks right. that you had to make when mm-hmm. it came to fronting some stuff for the league to be able to operate in the COVID year. You're getting out from under all that. I know the NFL doesn't want to see a big time jump. In salary cap, like they don't want to end up with a three hundred million dollar salary cap out of nowhere. Sure, Um, you know, but I I don't think that when you look at those negotiations happening between the NFL and the NFLPA, both of which, who on the player side, the NFLPA wants as much money to go to the teams as possible for the NFL, on the entertainment side, they want as much money to go to the to the teams as possible. All of that, to me, means that they'll probably go to the top portion or the, the, the top end of the spectrum when it comes to where that salary cap might land. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's somewhere between a little bit higher than we expected. The expectation was mm-hmm. kind of like 242, 243. I wouldn't right. be surprised if it's more like 247 or 250.
0: There you go. Ross, thanks for the time, as always, my friend. Appreciate it. Uh, you join us each and every week. Tell the folks about the podcast, <laughs> how folks can subscribe, and how they can check out your fantastic written, written work and follow you on social media.
8: Absolutely. I appreciate you very much. But uh, yeah, y'all can find everything going on with the Locked on Saints podcast uh, on, you know, wherever you get your podcast, your favorite podcast app, as well as on YouTube. And then, of course, uh, you, know, you can find all the written work over at Saints News Network with a great team over there. And you can find it all in one place on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson NOLA and OLA.
0: Thank you, my friend. Have a great week. We'll check in with you next week. As always, appreciate your time.
8: Thanks, buddy. You as well. Take care. Stay safe. And I'll talk to you soon.
0: There he goes, Ross Jackson, Locked on Saints podcast. Don't forget about Burkhart when you're looking for a generator for your home or business. That's right. At Burkhart, they are the experts in installing and maintaining Generac generators. Uh, Jason Burkhart is in charge of the uh, division. He will come out to your home or business, sit down with you, do a consultation. What does that mean? He's going to educate you on your options for a generator for your home or your business. They offer you a new install quality check at Burkhart. That means, again, one of their, Burkhart, uh, one of their, one of their team members, uh, from the generator team members will come out and show you To operate the system, they offer you financing for that generator as well. They do their best to give you a single day install, which is again what they will do for me. Uh, They have a warehouse that's fully stocked with all the parts you need. They have have generators available for you right now uh, to be installed in your home or your business. Again, no waiting on the generator to be be delivered or or shipped. They've got them in, uh, in stock right now, and then they offer you maintenance service and emergency service. It's a full stop, a one stop shop for you again when it comes to generator sales and service. And then, of course them taking care of you when it comes to, again, the generator. They handle everything for you, the whole process. It's so easy. Planning, permits, inspections, everything is done by by the generator team at Burkhart. Again, increase your property value. Have that peace of mind knowing when the power goes out in your neighborhood, your power stays on and right now. You get a Generac generator for about 4 bucks a day, less than a cup of coffee. So, again, skip one coffee, have it at the house, and get yourself a Generac generator and never worry about the power going out again. I'll say it one more time. We've done a lot of reinvestment in our home since we purchased it six years ago. The investment in the Generac generated from Burkhart is the best decision I've ever made. If you're having problems with your power staying on in your neighborhood, call Burkhart. Get a Generac Generator from Burkhardt. You'll be glad you did. acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. Today's program is brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceanic Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, the High Bar. All are open seven days a week. All are open late. you get a late right-night meal in one of the Oceana Family of Restaurants. And, of course, fantastic menu and uh, always a great time at the Oceana Family of Restaurants. We'll be right back. This report is sponsored by KFC. KFC's
7: new smashed potato bowl is here. Fries, mashed potatoes, cheese, and bacon come together to make a smashable snack. That's only $3.49. It's finger-lickin' good.
3: Still seeing some... Pretty slow traffic, eastbound I-10, Kennedy downtown, 49 minutes, a 36-minute delay. Northbound 310 from U.S. 90 to I-10 is 34 minutes. Westbound 610 New Orleans east to Metairie, about a 19-minute ride slow between Paris Avenue and I-10. Westbound I-10 between St. Bernard and the Claiborne flyover. Traffic is crawling. Westbound I-10 Reed to the flyover is about 32 minutes. Looks like Thalia Street at South Broad Street, a crash working New Orleans funeral and cremation service traffic center.
0: All right, I want to thank Ross Jackson for joining us on the program. Also, Ali Gassell. In hour number two, we're going to be joined by Gary Smith right out the box, talking some Tulane. We'll finish up with Jordy Collada with Talking LSU. And don't forget about the award winning Inside New Orleans Sports tonight, 6 o'clock on WLAE TV. We have that up on our social media platforms this evening for you at the latest tomorrow. Uh, Lenny Van Gilden of and also Richie Mills of Channel 26 Sports, where our guest. They did a great job, and I'm telling you, it was a full show. College baseball, college basketball, Saints, Pelicans, uh, Tulane, LSU football. We covered it all for you. Even talked a little soccer <laughs> on the program, so check it out. Uh, again, that's on tonight, 6 o'clock on TV. It's the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports. All right, we'll be right back after these messages. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, and The High Bar. Looking for a place to grab a great meal, cocktail, have good, fun times. Do it at one of the O'Shea family restaurants. We'll be right back.
3: Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Injury Lawyer Studio, official injury lawyers of the New Orleans
2: Saints.
0: Don't miss All Access Sports Talk with Ken Trahan and Jude Young Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Following Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher on WRKN, Picky Yoon, New Orleans, 1061 Nash Icon. This report is sponsored by Dell Technologies. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors, and more. Save now at Dell.com slash deals.
3: Well, your Thursday is looking like a partly to mostly cloudy, kind of warm and breezy day today. Temperatures this afternoon will be rising into the mid to the upper 70s. We're expecting a cold front to roll through the area later on tonight bringing a few isolated, maybe some scattered showers. But overall on the day, about a 20% chance of rainfall in the forecast. And while we're going to wake to some cloudy skies on Friday morning, the afternoon looks like it's going to be absolutely beautiful with mostly sunny skies and temperatures rising into the upper 60s to low 70s. Saturday, another beautiful day with lots of sunshine and temperatures rising into the low 70s. On Sunday, lots of sunshine, temperatures in the mid-70s. From the WDSU Weather Center, this is WDSU Meteorologist.
0: All Plumbing Services, 985-809-1270. All Plumbing Services, ICE's Master Plumber number 5327 is a full-service plumbing contractor that can handle all of your residential commercial plumbing needs. From repairs to installation of tankless water heaters, gas lines, new construction, or kitchen and bath updates. At All Plumbing Services, we do it all. Serving the South Shore and North Shore since 2006, that's All Plumbing Services. ICE's Master Plumber number 5327. Give us a call at 985-809-1270. Bobby Iber's Cajun Cannon restaurant, voted the number one restaurant in battery by TripAdvisor. A place where you can enjoy a great meal with family or hanging out with friends, watching the game. A mouthwatering menu that has something for everyone. Amazing cocktails and an incredible beer selection. TV's everywhere. You'll never miss a play. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant is unique. The perfect combination of Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine. Order online for delivery at BobbyBear's.com. Open seven days a week for lunch and dinner at 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. Bobby a. Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. So good. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. I'm here with my good friend Mike DeLaHousse of the TikTok Cafe. What'd you say to Eric? Hey, did I ever tell you have like the perfect face for radio? No, Mike. Did I ever tell you that you have the perfect 24-hour diner? Hey, bud. No. As a matter of fact, you haven't. That's because you don't. Come on, man. You know that ain't nice. And uh, neither is your help. Oh man. Then why do you eat here so often? Well, my wife says that I'm a glutton for punishment. The TikTok Cafe where the video poker is always hot, hot, hot. Causeway I-10, better known as the intersection of E. coli and Salmonella. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night order online for delivery at nolacookery.com, it's always a great time on Berman Street at Old New Orleans Cookery.
2: Failure to communicate. Stick to the truth is what you're good at.
0: Inside New Orleans, Eric Asher with you until 6, 4 to 6 weekdays right here on 106.1 FM. On your radio dial, iHeartRadio app, in Radio app, our digital platforms. It's a free download for your smartphone or tablet. I recommend downloading the apps. Also, NashFM1061.com and EricAsher.com on the World Wide Web. Love you to be part of our social media platforms at Eric underscore Asher on X, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram, and also on Threads. And, of course, the podcast of this program can be found everywhere. Anchor, Spotify, or Homebase, we're on all podcasting platforms. Just search Inside New Orleans Show with Eric Asher, and you'll find that pretty easily. All right, um, don't forget about the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports tonight. Uh, that is uh, 6 o'clock on WLAETV. Um, and, of course, uh, 10 o'clock on the Deuce, WLATV2. Friday night, 9 o'clock, Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock on WLAE. Saturday morning at 2 a.m. on the Deuce, Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. We'll have it on our social media platforms either this evening or by early tomorrow. And, of course, the WLAT YouTube channel. Uh, Lenny Van Gilder and also uh, Rich uh, Richie Mills joined us on the program. Richie's from WGNO Channel 26. Lenny's from com. Uh, they broke down college baseball, college basketball. We talked about the Saints, Pelicans. We talked about LSU and Tulane football. Uh, we also talked about, again, the soccer championships that are going on right now in the state where New Orleans is, again, once again being dominant. Uh, so it's a pretty full show for you. hope you get a chance to check it out. Uh, that's the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports on WLE tv Pelican Sports Television, com. And also on our social media platforms. All right, I want to thank Alex Sell and Ross Jackson for joining us in hour number one. We're just a couple minutes away from Gary Smith of the Wave Report, He was kind enough to be able to move the, into this slot this afternoon. Uh, and of course, he's with com and the Times Piguin talking Tulane and UNO. And then we'll finish with Jordi of the Jordy Collotta show, talking LSU. We've got a lot to talk about when it comes to LSU. Um, Uh, A lot to get into with that, Uh, and uh, we'll we'll discuss that. I want to remind everybody again about my friends at the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Uh, Today's program is brought to you by my good friends at Oceana Family of Restaurants, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, of course, also Old New Orleans Cookery, Mambo's, the Hideout Bar, and, of course, where it all started. That's right, the Mothership, and a place that I absolutely love. Uh, Oceana Grill. Bourbon and Conte in the French Quarter for the top 10 U.S. uh, restaurant for everyday dining by TripAdvisor. They are open seven days a week. They are open late. And they do serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The breakfast is outstanding. If you love breakfast... And you've never been to Oceana for breakfast? Treat yourself. Uh, again, all your favorite breakfast uh, items that, that, that you'd be looking for. World famous crepes. The Bloody Marys are outstanding. Uh, you know, I'm a pancake guy, man. i got uh, the, the chefs knew I wanted my pancakes. You know, eggs, grits, sausage, bacon. I'm all for it. Hash browns. Uh, as I mentioned, the, the the crepes they make are again outstanding, world famous. Uh, uh, you, you. if you love breakfast, you'll find something on that breakfast menu that, that will absolutely delight you. And then, of course, that is 8 a.m. until 1 p.m. lunches from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. And dinners from 4 p.m. until 1 a.m. And then you're talking about all your New Orleans favorites. You're talking about oysters on the half shell. You're talking about char-grilled oysters made right in front of you. Belly up to the bar, give you yourself a dozen. Uh, enjoy that. Also, again, uh, great Cajun Creole cuisine for you. Uh, fantastic Louisiana seafood, pasta dishes that are outstanding. Uh, the burgers are great, <laughs> uh, barbecue ribs that will, bar- will literally melt in your mouth. I mean, there is something for everyone on that menu. But man, if you love our good old-fashioned Cajun cuisine, you're going to go in and you're going know, to enjoy every moment of Oceana's uh, menu. Then, of course, you got an authentic French Quarter courtyard. You can dine in or have your next event. Beautiful by day, spectacular by night. And then, not one, not two, not three, but not four, but five private rooms for your next event. And I'm telling you, Oceania, Oceana knows how to put on a, a, a party for you. Um, uh, they'll sit down with, again, their party planners. Tell them what you're looking for, okay, and then they'll make the magic happen. Uh, those from private rooms can accommodate from 10 to 120 guests. Uh, they'll set you up with food, cocktails, music, whatever you're looking for. They can cover, cover it for you when it comes to a, an event at Oceana. And, of course, a family-friendly uh, perfect place to be able to have an incredible dining experience with friends, family, maybe that special someone, maybe trying to close that business deal. Remember, they deliver in the French Quarter. And to find out more about Oceana Grill, go to Oceanagrill.com. Oceanagrill.com, where you'll find the menu. You'll be able to contact them about a, about um, uh, having your next event uh, in one of their private rooms. Uh, it's com. Oceana Grill is the best time off Bourbon Street. Open 8 a.m. until 1 a.m. daily. All right. All um, right. Couple of quick notes before we go to Gary Smith uh, of uh, the Wave Report. Uh, again, uh, the Saints uh, reworked the deal of um, of uh, Eric McCoy today, um, as we we spoke earlier. Again, saving about 11 million dollars in the cap. Uh, that will continue over the next few weeks. And LSU with an incredible win last night over uh, Kentucky uh, in the PMAC. Um, again 75 to 74 in a last minute last second shot uh, and of course the Tigers are now 14 and 12 six and seven uh in the conference and they and just within the last week they beat the 11th ranked team in South Carolina and the 17th ranked team in, in Kentucky uh, and they got the toughest stretch of the season is behind them now Mississippi State Georgia Vandy Arkansas Missouri uh, they have a combined 15 and 45 record in the SEC so this sets up for LSU to make a little bit of a run here, uh, with again five games left, fourteen um, wins, um, NIT possibly if they if they can go on a run. I think the NCAA's are an outside shot, but again, it was just good to see LSU basketball back last night, like it was a few weeks ago when we watched Tulane and Memphis, and of course that crowd and how great that was. It brought back memories. To break down Tulane and UNO for us, I think he's one of the best we have in the city. He's got kind of got, got a great uh, a website. It's called the Wave Report. It's where you get your Tulane information first. He also writes for again the Times Picayune, the Advocate, and Old.com. But I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, if you consider yourself a Tulane fan, you should be subscribing to the Wave Report. Gary Smith is with us each and every week at 4:15, but today at 5:15. So gracious to be able to, to be able to move for me, Gary. How are you doing today, brother?
6: Doing well, Eric. Doing better than I was when you had me on the show last week, and I was in the midst of writing four stories in one day. This has been much more of a a, a, a normal day, so so
0: I so I'm ready. <laughs> oh, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear. Well, you finally, you, you did a great job last week. Yeah, Again, you did the I, I made show, one you mistake came back, I, I, and, and the radio show. I, I had no yeah. complaints. I said
6: that no I know, I know I said that Anthony Heron had transferred from UNO I had the wrong player from last year he was a senior on last year's team he had no eligibility left but other than that I think I was okay. <laughs> now
0: you were okay. Um okay. You know I was just talking about the LSU situation last night how you know big yeah. win over Kentucky and we I was talking about Memphis and you know mm-hmm. the, you know the 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 storming of the court you know when uh when Tulane and uh, Tulane beat Memphis and man I tell you what um uh, it's good to see some decent basketball. I'm hoping that again Tulane can 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 kind of right the ship here. Now at, what? thirteen yeah. and twelve, four and nine in the American Athletic Conference, and they've had some tough sledding late lately. What's going on, Dave? Yeah.
6: Yeah, they're 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 despondent right now, but you know they, these things don't always last. And Memphis looked like they were totally in the tank, and then last night they beat the second place team in league, Charlotte, by about twenty two points. Tulane needs to get out of the funk they're in right now. They played their worst, I think, their worst game of the year against East Carolina because I think they were they were they still had a hangover from their. Well played, lost to SMU at home because they they once they lost to SMU they realized they weren't you know they weren't going to meet any of their preseason goals. There was no way to do it, and uh, they were tied with East Carolina early in the second half on Sunday, and then played five minutes of just awful basketball, um, careless, lazy passes, not not you no know, attention to detail on defense, and really not a whole lot of effort during that six minute stretch. Fourteen zero run, lost another game. Maybe now. That the pressure's off of them. They they got nothing. You know they're they're now playing to try to get as good a seating as they possibly can in the conference tournament and trying to just get some confidence back. Um, we'll see. Um, they play UAB on Sunday, um, a team that beat them by double digits on the road earlier this year. UAB just lost. UAB just lost at home by twenty five points to Rice last night. Rice is the one team Tulane spanked. Tulane beat Rice in their opener by twenty five points in the conference. This is a game Tulane can win if they get back to the way they were playing earlier in the year. But uh, one one other concern is Kevin Cross had sprained a ligament in his thumb against at the end of the SMU game. He went out against East Carolina and took two shots the whole game, didn't make either one. That's completely uncharacteristic of him at all. I'm hoping that it's not just that he just didn't feel like he could shoot because of the the, the, the hand situation. So a lot of, a lot of questions about this team. But they just got to, they've got to win a game. That's all. They, if they can win one game. Um, this is a talented team. They'll have a chance to to maybe to to get some momentum back before the conference tournament starts. But uh, it, it starts with beating UAB on Sunday.
0: Gary, I, I admit uh, I I agree with you. Okay, right. I mean i will tell you. I, I mean I watched this team play this year. They're a talented team. Yeah, and and, it's, and it just it, it's just kind of mind blowing that they're, they're again they're on this, you know on this little yeah, distance streak they, right now, and that they're having to put it together
6: they they've let they've let i think they put too much pressure on themselves eric they let the little things get to them I mean, they they lost the game they lost the game to utsa which was an inexcusable loss utsa only has two wins in the conference right now now having said, they should have won it they just missed a ton of free throws and then got unlucky where you had to, they missed a free throw utsa goes down and hits a three at the buzzer that that was an off balance shot by a guy who hadn't made a three all game that stuff happens but it just it was just it feels like that game. I heard that was the most silent flight back, in, in Ron Hunter said in his coaching career, the the players on the because on the, that was right. That was after the Memphis win, um, and and it was just such a letdown. And it really does seem like they've had a hard time getting over that. And uh, on the and they've just. Quite simply, they've just been a poor road team this year. They they really they've not their effort hasn't been good on the road in a lot of their conference games. Like when adversity hits, they let it hit them <laughs> instead of punching back. At home, they've been a pretty good team. I don't really have any complaints. I mean, they yeah they lost to FAU when a foul was called in the last second when they had the lead. Um, they beat Memphis and SMU just played a re- ridiculously great second half. And the the, day, the the game after playing Tulane, SMU scored fifty eight points in the first half against Memphis and scored well over a hundred in beating them that was just a really good team. Um, so two, and two home games in a row now, uh, both against teams that they lost to by double digits because after they play UAB, they, they, uh, they play North Texas, and uh, they really need to find a way to win both of those games because uh, the trends aren't good right now. But like I said, the trends were even worse for Memphis going into last night, and they crushed South- Charlotte. So it just takes one good 40 minutes for a team to get some of its confidence back.
0: Talk a bit about Tulane baseball Uh, again. uh, Mm -hmm. Beat Nichols last night. They got Cal Irvine coming in. They were three and one. They're three and one after the weekend series with Northwestern. Uh, What do you like about this team? Are there any concerns with this team?
6: Yeah, so far I like everything I've seen because I was I was count me in as a total skeptic going into this year. Um, Again, they they did win the conference tournament last year, but this is a team that set a school record for losses um, and really had nothing going for them. The worst team, the worst ERA in school history. Um, they brought in a ton of transfers, but i, I, I pretty much liked everything. So and that was after an absolutely dreadful season opener. They're playing a Northwestern team that went ten and forty last year and lost nine to nothing. And it was like, uh oh, here they go again. And since then, they played three. They they played three really good games. Chandler Welch came out on Saturday and was spectacular through five innings of one hit ball, struck out ten, six in a row at one point. They won that game easily. Then they got down five to nothing on Sunday and came back and won twelve to nine. Um, They've got a lot more arms out of the bullpen this year than, than, than they than they had in the past. Um, than they that they really really than they had at any time in the Travis Jewett era. I mean, I, it's, it's too early to say that after four games, but it, but it looks that way. Um, and I kind of like the grit of this team, and they're playing small ball well. Um, the last two games, they've had two sacrifices and two sacrifice flies, and they were just dreadful at getting runners in from third. Um, the last couple of years with less than two outs. They seem to have fixed those problems. We'll we'll find that this is going to be a great lit in the test, though, um, against UC Irvine, because they opened the season last year at Cal Irvine and scored a total of four runs in three games and got shut out twice, and I don't know if they ever recovered from that. Um, That just kind of... They were on the struggle bus the whole rest of the regular season, and UC Irvine was picked second in the Big West going into this year. They're a talented team. We'll know a lot more about this Tulane baseball team by Sunday than, than we do Right now. But to me, all of the early, they're, they're doing some things right now that they haven't done in years. And mm-hmm. now it's just going to be a question do they have enough talent on the roster? To, to hang with the good teams. Now Nichols, who they beat on Tuesday, Nichols is a good team. Nichols won the Southland conference last year. They have a great coach. He retained almost all of his players, which is unheard of at the, you know, UNO lost like three starters that just transferred, you know, they were probably offered some NIL money. They transferred mm-hmm. to bigger programs after the year. Nichols retained all those guys. And that was a really I, I actually think that win on Tuesday was a better win for Tulane than maybe any win they had in the regular season last year. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what if they if that can carry carry through to and and if they play like a competent team this weekend against UC Irvine.
0: UNO is two and two. They beat Georgia State uh, two mm-hmm. out of three, uh, and then they lost uh, to, uh, to Southern Myth last night. Evansville is in town for a weekend series on the yep. lakefront. Your, your thoughts on on the privateers baseball team? Yeah,
6: I think Blake Dean always does a good job. Like 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 he told me in my preview, he he likes his team this year. He'd like them better if they hadn't lost the three the three key guys to transfer, as he said. And in this world, they're, they're, they're givers, not takers, in the transfer portal era. Bigger programs come and take their best players each year, so that, that, that that's hard to deal with. But, yeah, a pretty a, a decent start. There's no shame in losing the Southern Miss in in, in the midweek. It'll be an interesting series. I, I looked up Evansville. I think Evansville was picked second or third in the Missouri Valley Conference this year. It's funny, um, covering Tulane. Two years ago, the, the end of the Travis Jewett era basically started when Tulane was ranked and played Evansville in a three-game home series two years ago, and got swept, and was, and they were all three ugly losses. They were never good again. Um, Travis Jewett ended up getting fired at the end of the year. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think that if UNO can win this series this weekend, it, it, it'll be a, it'll be a good start for them. Um, they they they've got a bunch of pitchers injured right now that have not Uh that will be ready during the year that are out right now so that that made the midweek game almost impossible (laughs) against southern miss but their weekend starters are pretty good um i'll be really interested to see if they can if they can win another series and, and 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 start the year with two straight series wins
0: and of course on Tuesday UNO at Tulane It's a mm-hmm. six thirty first pitch it'll be the first time that UNO and Tulane will play this season ought to be a yeah. good ought to be a good game what is that the Pelican Cup series right
6: should should be UNO's pretty much owned the series in recent years i think uh mm-hmm. Tulane got them 2 years ago um but uh but yeah, UNO yeah that that that's always you <laughs> UNO UNO's so areas where they're better than Tulane the last few years have right. really showed up in that series, and, and Tulane feels like they've got a different team this year. Um, we'll, we'll see if there's any different result, but uh, that's always a, it's always a fun series.
0: UNL basketball, 8-19, 3-11 yeah. in the Southland. Again, bringing up the rear in the Southland, in danger of not even making the yeah, tournament in Katy. It's going to have been a, a rough year for Coach Sless.
6: Yeah, they, they, they need – they they basically they play at Southeastern this Saturday, and it, they have to win that game, and then they have to beat Incarnate Word the following Saturday. If they don't win both of those games, the chances of them making the conference tournament are very slim. And there's no—I mean, there's no evidence to believe they can beat South Southeastern Louisiana. They lost at home to them earlier this year, and and the problem for UNO—they've got—they've got they've had a bunch of issues, but the main one is just defense. They can't—they can't stop guard penetration. Teams are just driving to the basket at will against them. And it's funny. UNO was two and one. And beating Nichols by like sixteen points with ten minutes left in Thibodeau early this year, and that's when I started watching the game on ESPN Plus. And Nichols went on a huge run, won that game, and UNO's only won two games since then, and just maybe one game since then. And they've just, yeah, it, every 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 timeout, they, they they struggle yeah. defensively to stop teams from scoring on on, on dribble penetration, and uh, unless they find some magical cure there, this is going to be a weird. This will be the first time that I. Can, since they joined the league, um, that there there have been some years where the league only had eighteens and all of them made it, mm-hmm. but when there have been more than eighteen, who knows never missed the tournament and and they're gonna they're gonna have to play a whole lot better than they played for the last month and a half to, to, to
0: keep that streak alive. No doubt. Before we let you go, I do want to ask you about the college football playoff new format mm-hmm. that's been put out there, the five plus seven. Now that could be yep. scrapped because now they're talking about maybe going to fourteen or sixteen <laughs> teams. Money talk. <laughs> yeah, well, there's no doubt. But what are your thoughts? Yeah. What do, I mean, again, yeah. and how does that well, affect Tulane in your opinion? The, the five plus seven. I mean,
6: it's what the, the five. Yeah, there's only four conference, major conferences left now. So that that doesn't affect them at all. It's the same deal where if Tulane is the best of the of the uh, of the non-power four conferences and and win their and win the AAC, they'd be in that playoff. So I, I like that for Tulane. Purposes, I, I, I like that system. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm worried down the road that the big conferences that I mean, we may be headed for where an, an SEC, Big Ten, total breakaway from from the rest of the country, and, and that would stink. Um, but right now, I think the five. By, I, I think Tulane's in good position with that. Um, we'll see if they mess with it as is, what they're saying as early as 2026. 20, they could they could expand to two teams. But as long as they keep that one spot open <laughs> for the group of five conferences, Tulane, and as long as Tulane has a, <laughs> a coach like they do right now and John Sumrall, mm-hmm. I think Tulane's in a good position with that yeah, system. too.
0: I keep getting this question. So I'm going to ask you. Okay, will mm-hmm. the bubble be ready for a two-lane opening a two-lane season football season next year? And I, and I say it's got to be ready for the Super Bowl. So my guess is yeah. it's going to be ready for the season. What are you hearing? I,
6: that's yeah, that's the plan. So yeah, if 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 the timeline that they that that, that they that they are pursuing um, is is six if they can complete it by then it it will be ready um we'll, we'll find out i this is new orleans <laughs> um and so i am never i'm never convinced about these timelines for these things but 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 yeah that that's that's the plan so um and until proven otherwise i'd, I'd say that we can look forward to having that thing ready
0: do want to ask you again? I don't know if you read Ed Daniels' column this week, where he talked about that again. Tulane needs to needs to get a whole new arena, and and, and abandon Fogelman. What's your thoughts?
6: Yeah, I, I think there's some truth to that. I think it's an overstatement. I do think that that is the it is a detriment to recruiting. And I've had players not in the last couple of years, not under Ron Hunter, but under previous staffs, openly say, um, I think. When one player transferred under Ed Conroy, the guy's quote was that I'm tired of playing in a high school gym. Um, it does affect recruiting. There's there's no question about that. And 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 uh, <laughs> um, Ron Hunter has joked a few times about how the reason he got the players he had, Kevin Cross <laughs> and Jalen Fords, was because that was the COVID era. And they, they, they recruited them on Zoom. Um, so it, it is an issue look, just last year Tulane went 12-6 and six in the American Athletic Conference and mm-hmm. finished third in the league and made the conference right. semifinals. I, I know with the season they're having now, people are acting like Ron Hunter hadn't done jack at, at, at Tulane. That is not the case. Um, mm-hmm. So he's proven you can win. I do think it's a detriment. I don't think it's an impossible deal to, to win with, with, with that arena. And if you can fill it up, it's a great atmosphere. But yes. it is... Yeah, Yolman know, Stadium, I think, it helps them in recruiting, and I know Ed and I actually disagree on that front too. By the way, he, he thinks yep. that they that, that that it's a detriment there. I think players like playing in Yolman um that that it, it, there's no doubt it's an antiquated tiny facility and i do think that it affects them but i do not think that it is impossible to win at Too late in basketball yeah the problem
0: assuming, is they're landlocked right yeah, yeah, i mean that's,
6: yeah, that's the uh, issue yeah, with that's everything right, that's, that's the other thing uh, there's no it's not on the agenda so right. <laughs> if it, it, so it may even if it's true then, 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 then there's no hope if that's if it actually, if that is actually true because there's nothing on the agenda right now for a new basketball arena. That's just not that's, not that's not on the board right now. Yep, no doubt.
0: Gary, tell us about your fantastic website, how folks can subscribe, and what you got coming up for us in the paper and online.
6: You, sure, I'm I'm almost posting. I'm about to post a, a preview of the UC Irvine lane baseball series at, at, at NOLA.com, Just the players talking about how they just. With all the newcomers, they just felt like they gelled right away. You hear a lot of that talk at the beginning of the year, but right now they've backed it up by looking like a better team so far. Mm-hmm. Um, that's coming up, and of course, um, on, on my website, in a couple. You know, spring practice starts March 11th, I, I believe. Um, just absolute blanket coverage. Every single practice that they have, I'll have full coverage, full quotes, full practice, whatever practice information I'm allowed to put up there, um, right. everything. So anybody that subscribes to the site can be can look can, can look forward to that. And again, that's the and lane or TulaneRivals.com. It's about eight dollars a month, and it, especially during football season and spring football, yeah. you're just not going to get anything like you see from anywhere else, including my coverage of The Advocate, like you get on that
0: website. I agree, 100%. At Gary Smith on X, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Thanks for swapping spots with Ollie as well, and we'll check with you next week. No problem
6: at all. Love being on your show.
0: Love having you. Thank you again. There he goes, Gary Smith. Again, do a fantastic job. Uh, again, covering the Wave, UNO, and can cover it all. I say it all the time. Uh, again, can, cover, can, can talk about anything in sports. Just sit down, boom, he's got it. Information. Overload with Gary Smith. All right. Don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt. North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank, doesn't matter where you live. If you're having an issue with your air conditioning system or your heating system, you need that tune-up, that cleaning to go on your air conditioning system to keep, that, to keep it rolling through the summer months without breaking down, call my friends at Burkhardt. Uh, again, Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Uh, they'll send a NERD certified technician out to your home or your business go, with the intention of going out there to repair your system. And then they're not going to find some, you know, obscure part, that again, that's going to cost you again an arm and a leg because, you know, again, they're, they're trying to uh, raise the price on on the service costs. It's not what they do. It's honesty. It's reliability. It's treating your home like their home. That's how you get treated with Burkhardt. It's one of the reasons why, again, I've stuck with it for 30 years. I know the family well. The family is honest and, again, uh, and, and again takes, again, your comfort seriously. So if you're not getting the type of service you deserve from your present air-conditioned heating company, man, try mine. Burkhart Air Conditioning Heating, where you will be treated like family, where, again, they will respect your time by giving you that 30-minute courtesy call before they come to your home or business, and they're only going to do the work that's necessary. And if you need a new system, you don't want anybody else but Burkhart putting it in for you because, again, they don't shy away from the tough jobs. The easy job, the tough jobs, they're there for you. They get it done right. They're the pros. It's Burkhart. That's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Odenwall's Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cage, the counter restaurant, the bar all are open seven days a week you want a late night meal in new orleans check out the oceana family of restaurants and of course breakfast lunch and dinner at oceana lunch and dinner at the rest of the restaurants and live music with a great menu and a a great uh, uh, great bartenders with fantastic cocktails at the hideout bar all part of the oceana family of restaurants jordy coladas next we'll be right back
2: Broadcasting
3: from the Dudley DeBosier Injury Lawyer Studio. Call 444-4444.
0: That's 444-4444. Non-attorney spokesperson Chad Dudley, New Orleans.
2: This report is sponsored by Indeed.com.
0: Temperatures getting low, but demand remaining high. You need Indeed. Their all-in-one platform
3: helps you attract, interview, and hire candidates all from one place. And Indeed's interview tool lets you schedule and conduct virtual interviews right from their website. Visit Indeed.com/credit. Good afternoon. Lane closures have been removed uh, from the investigation that was going on westbound Crescent City Connection I-10 split to Terry Parkway is 22 minutes, but uh, all lane Lanes are open. Still traffic is crawling from I-10 past Terry Parkway. Right now, nine minutes on those HOV lanes westbound. Earhart Expressway from the parish line to Dickery. 14 minutes, a nine-minute delay there. And also 31 minutes westbound I-10 downtown to Kenner. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. Traffic is brought to you by DA Exterminating. Proud to be locally owned and serving over 60 years.
6: Don't let this happen. Your largest investment? Call DA Exterminating now. Ready and waiting to protect your home from potential disaster called termites. Call DA now or visit us on the web at daexterminating.com.
7: On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers,
0: So you're sitting in traffic on I-10, tired of your long work day, and you're dreading cooking dinner for the family.
3: For 54 years, Privateer student-athletes have proudly worn New Orleans across their chests. Join NOLA's team today. We are your crew. To learn more about New Orleans athletics and how to join our crew, go to unoprivateers.com.
0: Today's program is brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, Old New Orleans Cookery, Uh, And, of course, Mambo's in the hideout bar. Mambo's, 411 Bourbon Street. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't been, you have to try it. First of all, uh, again, incredible Cajun Creole cuisine for you. Uh, the cocktails are outstanding. I'm talking about, again, some of the best mixologists in all the city that work at the Oceana Family Restaurants. They go out, and they seek uh, these great mixologists, okay? Uh, they, they take, again, your, your cocktail seriously. Great beer selection for you. And then a bar on every floor. So first floor, picture windows overlooking Bourbon Street. You've got, again, an authentic French Quarter courtyard. Beautiful by day, spectacular by night toward the back of the restaurant. And a bar as you walk in. Take the elevator to the second floor. You've got, again, a Bourbon Street balcony. Bar right there for you. Plenty of seating to be able to enjoy on the great menu and then on the third floor, and you take the elevator or the stairwell but take the elevator. Uh, you got Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. You've never seen the sight lines of the city like you've seen at Mambo's on their, on their um, rooftop bar. And of course, a pl- great place to have your next event. Uh, also, again, a fantastic place to have a uh, date night, maybe trying to close that business deal. Maybe just trying to get away with friends and family and have a great time. You will have it over at uh, my friends at Mambo's. Uh, again, lunch and dinner served seven days a week. All your New Orleans favorites on, on the menu for you and so much more. And then, of course, right next door is the Hideout Bar, which again has. Live music for you, open to close. Uh, great menu, as well as I got a, a great cocktail menu for you, great beer selection. And I'll tell you what, you don't have to go any further than the 4, 411 and 413 Bourbon Street to have a great time in the French Quarter, right there at Mambo's and, of course, the Hideout Bar. You want to find out more? Go to Mambonola.com. That's Mambonola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory. Make your next Bourbon Street memory at Mambos in the Hideout Bar. All right, joining us on the program now, our good friend Jordy Collada, the Jordy Collada Show, now part of the New Orleans Football Network. Does a great job with his program each and every day. Great information. Uh, again, fun program. And again, whether you can catch it live seven to nine weekdays or catching it on YouTube, make sure you're in that number. Subscribe and and check out his program. Because again, if you're an LSU fan, you want the great information you're getting. But again, so much more than LSU. He covers it all. He's Jordy Collada, and he joins us each and every week here on the program. Jordy, how are you?
1: E-Money, good to be back with you. Thanks for having me as always.
0: Good to have you with me as always. And I've been waiting to talk to you since last night. What a game against Kentucky. Uh, And and look, I was looking at the the, the TV copy. The PMAC wasn't full, but it, it took me back. To again the the, the again the, the great days of LSU basketball when the, the the crowd was involved in it and again beating a team like Kentucky on your home floor uh, again it, you got to give a lot of credit to McMahon who again didn't have a lot to work with when he started but it looks like he's on he's on the right track here you, uh, we, uh, tell us a lot of, from your perspective what you've heard from your audience today uh, the, the, again the fan base the student body uh, what a win. What a week for Matt McMahon. I mean, you think back to Saturday yes. going up to South
1: Carolina and defeating the Gamecocks on their home floor and then turning around and beating Kentucky at home like they did last night, back to back consecutive top 20 wins. First time they've done that and, you know, a long time as far as the program is concerned. You mentioned what Matt McMahon really inherited me. And look, I don't think that there's a comparison for what. He took over in, in anything that you look at in college sports and to see where he's got this program just a year and a half after taking over, uh, you know, what w- was in shambles and have them beating South Carolina and beating Kentucky and looking forward, uh, to Mississippi State this weekend. And, you know, you mentioned that the crowd wasn't full capacity last night. It was an eight o'clock tip off, but, you know, the lower bowl was full. It, it was loud. The crowd was into it. Not a lot of people left. Uh, they, they really around town. You can feel the support growing for Matt McMahon and, and the positive energy that is really brewing for the basketball program. After you know a lot of people had had kind of given up on it and, and passed on it, with all the success that other programs were having, and you know the, the way that it ended under the Will Wade era, you know really rubbed some people a wrong way. But you know you, you're starting to see some life and some enthusiasm come back behind the program.
0: Well, Jordy. Again, um, I mean, you look at almost again, very, very close to beating Florida. You mentioned South Carolina, Mm -hmm. now Kentucky, and and that 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 schedule that we talked about a couple weeks ago is now behind you. And again, you got very winnable games from this point forward going in going into uh, into the SEC tournament. Uh, You know, Mississippi State, Georgia, Vandy, Arkansas, Missouri. Talk about it.
1: Yeah. No. You and I talked about kind of a couple of weeks ago that they were about to run through a gauntlet, you know, with Tennessee and Florida and Kentucky and South Carolina. And for them to come out of that in the fashion that they did with some some pretty key wins against South Carolina and Kentucky and really, you know, pushing Florida to the edge. uh, You know, I mean, you you think about some of the the, the one-possession games this team has lost this season. You know, they're a couple of points away from, from really kind of flipping the record you know, might be catching some heat at the right time and, and building some momentum towards the second half of the season. But, you know, they they found some things, see? You know, I mean, one thing we, we, we haven't talked a little bit about is, is that Jalen Cook hadn't played in two consecutive games and Trey Hannibal right. has really stepped up and become yes. uh, you know, a point guard that you can trust in some key situations in the game. You know, it was one thing for Hannibal to go back to South Carolina. That's where he originally started college. He transferred to L S U from South Carolina and you know, he had a he had a standout game there on Saturday and he kind of figured he was gonna be he was gonna be high, whether it was gonna be you know, it was either gonna be kind of a boom or bust. He was gonna either take that emotion and, and let it get the best of him or he was gonna be able to control it and, and really get a good game out of it, and that's what happened. And, you know, a lot of people said, Man, I wonder if he can do it in back to back games and I thought last night he was as good of a player as there was on the floor. He had his hands full defensively. I mean, Rob yes. Dillingham is so He's so impressive in, yes. in, in the way that he was able to score last night and Hannibal had to guard him on the other end and I don't know who could have really checked you know, Dillingham last night. He he, he was filling it up, but for what for, for, for what Hannibal did to go thirty six minutes, seven point seven assists and more importantly, zero turnovers, mm-hmm. you know, I thought that he he really was kind of the straw that stirred the whole thing last night. You miss you know, you miss Jalen Cook's two games in a row and you tell Faithful that it's going to be against South Carolina and Kentucky. You just hope you don't get blown out in both of those games, and for you to go two and zero with your backup point guard is a, is a real, real positive sign to take away from the last two two outings.
0: I, 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 look, I don't. I'm, I'm not throwing shade on Jalen, but I thought they operated much better. Uh, I did too. I mean, I, I just did, too. did I, I mean, it... no, it, it was it was a loose. It's one thing when you
1: have a scoring point guard like Cooks, I think everybody – sometimes you can get caught standing around watching a little bit, you know, when you got a guy who can just cross the timeline and pull it. And I think LSU's offense sometimes becomes a little stagnant with Cooks out there because, you know, some of them just kind of wait for him to score. With Hannibal, you you know you have to be moving. You know you got to stay active because if you're open, he'll find you. I thought he threw a couple of guys open last night. I mean, he was kind of playing quarterback where – you know, he was throwing the ball at the rim. He was throwing some no-looks to the opposite blocks. He was feeding jump shooters. He was hitting guys in rhythm. You know, just kind of a, a feel for the game uh, is, is is very different when you kind of look at at the, the difference between him and Cooks and, and, and Hannibal. And, you know, for the way that the offense has run the past two outings, uh, you, it definitely has a, a sense of much more smooth operating to it.
0: Um. LSU is currently 4-7 and seven in quad games. Uh, you know, we talked about the five games that are left on the schedule, 14-12, and 6-7 in the SEC. I don't want to get too far ahead of us. Uh, yeah. But, again, if they continue to play like they're playing now and, and they can win the majority, if not all these last, last five games, where are they? Are, are they in a position? I would think they're in a position to go to the NIT. Is there an outside shot that maybe, again, if they play well in the tournament and in the SEC tournament, that maybe they get a bid? I think
1: that, that you know that would be their, their 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 desperate plea, is if they were able to make some noise in the SEC. I think you got to you got to win at least two rounds to be considered. You probably got to win three rounds to to really be contemplated. You got to win the whole thing to guarantee yourself to get in. At this point, I, I would find you know I I would be surprised if they got in. He, you know, ultimately, you know, we sure. talked about it a couple of minutes ago. Too many one possession games; they just didn't close out at key, you know, key moments in the season where, where they had chances. Now, look, I, I'm not going back and complaining and saying that they should have because I, I didn't have a lot of expectation that they would, but to find themselves in this this opportunity right now, I think is a positive. And you know, I think an nit bid is, is a win. I think if you'd have gone to Matt Me McMahon, too. Scott Woodward, and the crew at the beginning of the season and said, "Hey," If I tell you that I'll give you an nit bid right now, would you sign up for it? I think everybody would have said hell yeah, you know, let let's sign right now because I don't know if there was a lot of expectation here in year two to make a tournament push, but but if you can get some postseason action out of it, some more you know some more practice time for the young guys, some more exposure for the program on a national stage, you know, you're able to play some postseason games. I mean, for for McMahon to be able to sell that on the trail in year two. Uh, that's a that's a loud message considering where they were coming from just a year ago.
0: Let's talk some LSU baseball again. They win the season uh, the weekend series against uh, uh, Central Arkansas VMI today, taking on Northern Illinois. I don't know if that what the score that game is now, but what you have seen so far out of this uh, out of this LSU baseball team meeting your expectations?
1: Uh, exceeding really, if I if I'm being honest, just the amount of options. I mean, every game there's a new player. You know, what I mean, I, I knew you were going to have the veterans like Travinsky and Tommy White and Alex Malazzo and you know, guys that, that you could count on Thatcher Heard and even the guy that's transferred in, Luke Holman. But I mean, you look at some of these freshmen, whether it's, it's Brown or Milam or uh, you know, Fidel, the, the, the closer who's come in, Fidel Uyoma from from California who's come in, who's really kind of just unseated Gavin Gidry. I mean, in, in the first week, I mean Gavin Gidry held the ball in the final out in the national championship game and was considered to be a, you know, a guy that could mow down anybody, anybody's lineup as a closer. I mean, one week into play, and now Gavin Gidry's just kind of a he, – he's a stopper. He's an emergency guy where you can put in anywhere, and you now have the luxury of a guy in, in, in Uyola who's come in and just you know, kind of sh- stepped into that closing role. The amount of arms they rolled out in the first four games, the amount of offensive threats that they, they, they put out in the first four games, uh, you know, you and I talk about it all the time. Jay Johnson is just really good at his job. I mean, he, he, he cares. He's so passionate and to see the amount of players that they got him. I mean, you know, they shrouded out, they, they trotted out a couple of first, you know, first timers, fresh faces, freshmen last weekend. All these guys can run. They can all rake. They can all have gloves. I mean, just to see that the, 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 just to see the pedigree of the program right now, it's very reminiscent of the 90s. I mean, I was lucky enough to be a kid. You know, I was pretty much my son's age, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, very formative years uh, of, of fandom. And, and you know, you almost became numb that, that LSU baseball was going to Omaha. It was almost like an expected thing when when, when, when those guys would report in February. And it feels like, now it, it, it's back to that, that expectation where, I mean, it's, a, it, it's just a, it's a machine. It, it just reloads every year, and, and Jay Johnson is the perfect guy to be leading that. and You know, I mean, you talk to him, he's so comfortable, he doesn't want mm-hmm. to go anywhere, he's young, he's hungry, he's motivated. I mean, this is something that could run for, you know, 10, 15, maybe
0: 20 years. I got two minutes left. Give us the give us the backstory in the CJ Daniels situation. CJ Daniels, the wide receiver. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, yeah, all, 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 yeah, all, all, yeah, basically the NIL had, money, everything yeah, that's been we, talked we, about talked this week.
1: His, we we talked to his dad. We had him on the show. Right? Those numbers. Those numbers are are exaggerated, right? Like, I mean, if if you're listening to to Chatwood, the the you know Jamie uh, Chatwood, the, the the head coach at Liberty. He's he's pissed. He's annoyed and he should be. You know what I mean? He, his team, his program is nothing but a feeding ground for the heavy hitters and you're gonna go in there teams like LSU and Bama and Georgia and Texas are gonna they're gonna cherry pick those players every year. Um and you know, while absolutely they had a deal put in place for CJ Daniels to get him down to LSU. Um but but they didn't pay him three hundred thousand um they, they they had to come through with some money and and there were some things with some 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 car but you know i mean that, that's just the way of the world now Ian i mean that stuff that stuff was happening when 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 you and i were recovering at ten fifteen mm-hmm. years yeah. ago it was happening under the table and now it's just happening sure. above the table okay. and, and 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 that's how it's it's being happened but 300000 for a receiver is, is, is not the numbers that I got from the other side, from, from the guy that was actually accepting the payment. Um, and it was significantly less than that. Uh, but, yes, absolutely, there was a deal in place, and, and that's how you have to present yourself these days. I mean, you know, if you walk into the room now without an NIL plan on a player like C.J. Daniels,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you best not even walk in, right? I mean, really? like, there's gonna, there's going to be questions that you have to be prepared for, and in a lot of cases, there's going to be a presentation that you 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 need to have prepared on on how it's going to work. Um, and, and, and until they fix it, I mean, look, you you can look directly at Nick Saban's comments. He had an interview with ESPN yesterday. Mm-hmm. He, you see directly what what drove yeah. him out of the game. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. He, he's over it. I said this morning if they fix this thing in the next three years, he might come back. <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, it, it, yeah. it, you can yeah. tell it, it was it was. I'm not dealing with this. I'm not dealing with this stuff where you know. I mean, there's there's no rules, there's no regulation, and a backup can come in here and you know demand six figures. I, I'm not I'm not doing this, and and I think it, it, it's so out of control that you know you start losing guys like Sabin, you start losing guys like the Boston College head coach, and you know players are leaving. I think that Sankey and Petiti are going to get this thing straight pretty quick.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Jordy. I got 30 seconds. Tell us about your program. Uh, YouTube,
1: you can find us there, 7 to 9 a.m. Easiest way to keep up is on social media, at Colada Show. No matter the platform, wherever you're at, uh, you can find us there, but we're on 7 to 9 a.m.
0: Thanks, brother. Appreciate your time, as always. We'll check in with you next week
1: righty. have a great weekend,
0: man. See ya. You too, bud. There he goes, Jordy Collada. Hey, don't forget about Burkhart. after hours service available for you: North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank, wherever you live, within the sound of my voice. If your air conditioning's not working, your heating system's not working, maybe that generator broke down, maybe you need electrical service, call my friends at Burkhart, a company I've trusted for decades. That's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank, doesn't matter where you, where you live. You're looking for a company you can trust? It's Burkhardt. That's acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun County restaurant restaurant, the hideout bar, all open seven days a week, all open late. Go get yourself a great meal, some cocktails at the Oceana Family of Restaurants. We'll be right back. Mambo's, 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in an authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at mambonola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. If you ever have any problems with your air conditioner heating system, you want someone who will be there to help right away. Take it from me, Eric Asher. When it comes to repair, there's no one I trust more than my friends at Burkhard Air Conditioning and Heating. Burkhardt provides emergency repairs for any brand of cooling and heating system, and you can call them anytime. The team has years of experience, and they know how to get you up and running fast. So when you need help with your AC or heating system, you want someone who will be there right away. Visit Burkhardt at acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com, and tell them Eric sent you. handled
7: This report is sponsored by Mattress Firm. Dive into hibernation mode with a huge deal on deeper sleep during Mattress Firm's President's Day sale. Shop now and save up to $500 on select Tempur-Pedic adjustable mattress sets and receive a $300 instant gift for pillows and more. Plus, get free and fast delivery to your door. Restrictions apply.
3: All right, good afternoon. We are seeing uh, the roadway down to one lane uh, just at uh, LA-18. After L.A. 18 on I-310 northbound, U.S. 90 to I-10, 42 minutes. Luling Bridge has the right lane blocked with construction. Eastbound I-12, Hammond to Slidell. It's a 32-minute delay across that area. Traffic is crawling on 90, U.S. 90B west on uh, Crescent City Connection westbound uh, after I-10 before St. Charles. Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center.
0: (laughs) All right, folks, that's it for me. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, the Life Resources Bottom Line Sports Hour is next with Michael Green and Ken Trahan. Keep it right here on 106.1 FM. On WLAE-TV, it's the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports featuring Richie Mills of Channel 26 Sports and also Lenny Van Gilder of Crestedysports.com. I want to thank Ali Cassell, Ross Jackson, Gary Smith, and Jordy Collado for joining us on our program. Our podcast will be up about 30 minutes after the program ends today, so you can check it out if you missed any of today's show. And, of course, I want to thank Rudy back at studio producing our program. I want to thank the great sponsors of our program that make this happen each and every week. Our friends at uh, again the Oceana Family of Restaurants, our title spot today, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Olden cookery Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, and the Hideout Bar. All are open seven days a week. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner at Oceana, lunch and dinner at the rest of the restaurants, and again, live music at the Hideout Bar. Go out there and, again, just have a great meal of cocktail and some live music at one of the Oceana Family Restaurants. Also, again, all of our great sponsors. Go to ericasher.com for a slideshow to sponsor our program. Click on the icon of your favorite sponsor to get right to their website. Thank you for supporting all of our sponsors. Thank for the sponsors for their support of our program. All right, folks, that's it for me. Tomorrow's the William Grant Family Distills Friday's Travelaganza. Have a fantastic evening. See you tomorrow straight up 4 o'clock. My name is Eric Asher. From the dog catch the governor. That includes the mayor.
8: They all got to go. You're
3: already low we the people on the bayou. Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Injury Lawyer Studio, official injury lawyers
2: of the New Orleans Saints. Your station for prep sports year round. We are WRKN.